Welcome to BizQuick. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And today we are so excited to have Brooke Wright of Green Ivy Photography joining us. That's right. You're listening to BizQuick. This is where Julie and Corey provide quick and useful information to small business owners. BizQuick is the podcast where small business owners get to showcase their businesses and receive expert advice and guidance in areas many entrepreneurs struggle with. And you, the listener, get solutions, tips, and tricks on real-world topics that many small business owners face. Julie and Corey are the experts small businesses hire when they need solutions. And the BizQuick podcast is just one way they deliver those solutions. Let's start the show. Thanks for joining us, Brooke. Tell us about your business. Hey guys, um, my name is Brooke Wright. You guys introduced me. Um, I am owner, sole employee at Green Ivy Photography, LLC. Um, I started it actually last year, but I was a sissy and we're going to get to that. And I just got my LLC this past month. So I just became official. Don't tell the IRS. I would appreciate that. Um, but I started this, um, I don't know. I've always loved photography and me and Chad were living in Virginia and I had a bomb job. I worked for the department of defense and Chad was in the military and I did photography for fun for friends. And so when he proposed wanting to move back home to Georgia and I was going to leave that awesome job I had, I said, the only way I'm moving is if you find something to do where I can pursue photography full time. And that was like our, that was, he wanted to come home and I didn't. So that was our agreement. So that's how, kind of how I got into doing it for a career. So aside from being a hobby, did you get any uh, like official education um, in photography or is it just something you kind of picked up along the way? Totally picked it up. I have, uh, I've gone to college, never got a full degree, but I've gone for technical technical careers it was something I did when I was a mechanic I've gone for psychology and criminal justice and never even taken like an art class in college how so did you, sorry no you're fine how you're did fine. you how did you start like what what prompted you to start taking pictures mm, I always have like I'm always I've always been that person like at a get-together or at like um if we go to the lake or we do something fun like, I'm that really aggravating person in your face with my phone. Like, oh, do that again. That looked really cool, you know? Like, I've always been that person. And so I knew I had a knack for it, and I knew I really enjoyed it. Um, I forgot. I'm trying to think of, like, the first time I actually set up. I think it was my friends in Virginia. They were a couple, and they needed pictures. And I, they knew I took pictures at all of our get-togethers. And they said, why don't you do some couples photos for us? And that kind of kicked it off. After that, I was like, wow, this, this makes me really happy. And I have a gift where I can make other people happy, you know, and that was, that was it. Tell us about buying your first camera, like your really nice non-iPhone camera. Oh, Chad bought it for me. <laughs> <laughs> so Chad, did you research on it or did you kind of know what you wanted? No, he was wonderful. He, I didn't know what I wanted. And he, this is y'all, he is never this thoughtful. This is just a fluke. Um, don't give him a lot of credit. He, <laughs> we had a, we had a, um, 
close friends who the wife of our close friends was a photographer professionally. So he called her and he said, look, this is what Brooks, you know, she knew me. So she knew what I was getting into and she suggested everything and I have a Nikon. Um, but yeah, he was awesome about, you know, figuring that out. But that, that's a really good question that leads me to talk about like, Photography, I didn't think about when I was getting into it for a career, how much money up front. I know all businesses take a lot of investment, but my gosh, y'all, like equipment for photography is so expensive. And that was something that kind of like, you know, hit me in the face when I realized I wanted to do it. I was like, wow, this is going to take a lot up front, you know, and, and it takes a while to get clients. So it's, it's daunting. Did you buy all of the equipment at once or did you sort of pace it out where you're getting clients and you're taking some pictures and you're kind of limited in what you can do and then you're buying more and you can do more and more things with the clients or did you make this huge investment up front and then kind of earn it back from the, the um, photo shoots that you did? Definitely the first one, spaced it out. And that's kind of been my um, approach with building my business is I'm going from minimal, like what do, what are the basics that I need to take good photos and to continue to grow and make money? I don't know. I haven't, I definitely, Chad is definitely that person um, that like when he started three of seven, he wanted everything up front, you know? Um, and I definitely am not. I, Camera and lens got me by for almost eight months before I bought lighting and everything else I needed. And for all of our listeners out there, I just wanted to throw out that Chad is your husband. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Probably world famous. He might not be BizQuick world famous. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of, he's not, he's not really famous in the business world. It's a different world, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. So this pin, this pandemic has affected every business uh, across the country and, and world for that matter. And I imagine for you, photography includes a lot of like group events and, and things like that. How have you dealt with uh, all of the problems that have come along with, with the pandemic? I have just dealt with them. I mean, we, we, so it didn't affect me as much because we're blessed to have our other business and we're blessed to have a savings account um, from when we were in Virginia. So I didn't even apply for any of the assistance. Um, we just kind of wrote it out, but it definitely, I was right before the pandemic hit, I was, you know, it's a client-based, um, photography is a client-based business company. So I was starting to build clients. I was seeing these webs beginning to, to happen of so-and-so referred so-and-so. And I was thinking, okay, this is it. Like I'm growing. And then that happened. Um, so it was definitely the worst thing it did for me was just my morale. You know, I was just so pumped and just, I don't know. I, y'all, when I switched from, like it, it was really hard for me to get into the mindset of like, this is not a hobby anymore because it, when I decided like in my mind, when I said, okay, I'm going to do this for a living, 
it was like, I had to be vulnerable. I had to be okay with failing or not doing well. And if I kept it just as a hobby, I was safe because, you know, if, if I fell on my face, I could be like, Oh, I just do it for fun. You know, that didn't really matter. So the pandemic just kind of hindered me there in my morale and in my confidence mainly. How have you handled converting your hobby into uh, a career? Cause I know a lot of people who do, you know, they, they, they do something for fun and they're like, Oh, I'd love to do this full time. And then they realize that they just ruined something that they love because it's a business now and it's no longer for fun. Right. 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 Um, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said before, same thing with the pandemic, like we are so blessed financially with our resources. And a lot of that is because of the way we live. We don't live lavish lifestyles, but I don't have a lot of pressure on me that green Ivy needs to make tons of money right now. Like I'm okay. I can, you know, help with our other business and just kind of keep things rolling. So because of that, because of our resources and because it's still fun. Like there hasn't been pressure on me yet. Um, I know it'll get there and I'm kind of trying to mentally prepare for when I get really busy, how am I going to handle it and setting up and using apps and programs. And I don't know, I'm not there yet. It hasn't, it hasn't really stressed me out yet. I love it so much still. Um, But the main thing that's been strong, like, tough for me about changing it into a business like I said earlier is just being confident and being confident that I can provide a product that people will spend money on you know and that I'm really critical of myself and I feel like that holds me back a lot um, in business because everybody else says that's great work you did awesome you know and instead of sharing it with people I'm hiding somewhere being like gosh this isn't right and I didn't do this right and I feel like if I can get over some of that criticalness I can really grow more in my business well I will say you are well on your way to getting there it takes a lot of courage just to admit when you're you know you have the confidence issue or you're super critical of yourself speaking coming from someone who has like I have a bully that lives in my head non-stop it's hard to put yourself out there and try new things and I I think it's great that you admit to the vulnerability that you you know were feeling as you were working through transitioning from a hobby to a business and making that change and I kind of want to touch on that a little bit more is that why it took you so long to take this what was already decided as that it was going to be a business and actually really commit to it being a business and forming an LLC Totally. Yeah, totally. It was, it was, I wasn't sure whether my business was valid enough, you know, to actually like, I don't know. It just, I guess like Corey said, the transition, it was, I was just stuck. I was stuck, but really when you get your LLC and your federal tax ID and like stuff seems real, you start behaving differently in your business. I think like, you've crossed that bridge and now it's time, you know, now it's time to take things seriously and not just, I don't know. Does that make sense? It does. I'm curious if there's, if you can pinpoint like a specific event or something that happened that made you say, yep, I'm ready. I'm good to go. I'm going to form an LLC now. 
We wanted to take a quick break to tell you more about SB Pace, the small business consulting company that makes this podcast possible. SB Pace, which stands for Small Business Planning, Advising, Coaching, Expertise, focuses solely on helping small businesses and entrepreneurs. Are you looking to start a small business of your own? SB Pace can get you up and running with a solid foundation that's built to last. Are you an existing small business in a slump or just looking for ways to improve what you do? We can help with that. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? SB Pace is the partner you need. You can find out more about SB Pace and what we have to offer by visiting our website, sbpace.com. No, I really don't. I, I feel like it was just something that I, I'm a procrastinator. So I had been talking about it for no joke, like three or four months. And I was working and I was getting paid via Apple Pay and Square. So I just knew that what pushed me was just knowing that like, I need to be writing all this stuff off and here I am. I don't even have a tax ID number and I'm spending a ton of money on lenses and I'm making a lot of money and this is going to get complicated if I don't make everything legal. Um, So I think actually you, I think I can answer that question. I looked at my square account and saw how much I had made over a few months and I was like, Oh crap, I have to, I got to get legal. You know, this is getting, this is getting serious. (laughs) So yeah, but I, I wish I hadn't put all that off. And like right now I'm putting off um, getting with a CPA and getting everything organized and learning with photography, what I can write off, what I can't like, I need to have done that four months ago and I'm still, you know, just dragging my feet. Do you have a CBA? No, no. That's what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm so bad. Once I do it, I'll be anal about it and I'll do a great job. It's just the initial, you know, getting everything in order. And just, I mean, like word of advice, you don't necessarily need a CPA, just Mm -hmm. a good accountant. They don't have to be a CPA, but um, that's definitely helpful. And I love how you think three to four months is procrastinating. (laughs) <laughs> which <laughs> for a lot of people listening three to four months is probably a very short time so uh, yes <laughs> yes that's awesome yeah. I mean and and you guys like y'all when you started your business y'all were I mean was that one of the first things y'all did was apply for the LLC or was that like an after the fact well the form our business was kind of formed like there was no like set date like oh we're starting business today because this all happened during the the very beginning of the pandemic and so it just kind of it turned into something after we had made phone calls with friends and family who and small businesses and just kind of like as we're putting pieces together we're like oh this is a business so for us it was uh, kind of like that I don't know calling your friends and family and asking them how you can help them during a pandemic doesn't really sound like a hobby but (laughs) similar (laughs) yeah it was not a it was not a hobby but we it wasn't one of the first things that we did I think the first thing that one of the first things we did was figured out exactly what our what our services were and how who we were gonna sell them to like who the who their who our clients were that's probably a little bit more obvious for you right where you know you're selling to people who are getting engaged or getting married or had a baby or got Mm -hmm. a new puppy or something like that right so very very different like it's obvious who your clients are and for us it wasn't as obvious well and the funny the funny thing was is i mean if you look back and we're my kitchen is our conference room 
and awesome. the the walls of papers that we had you know glued all over the place or you know just stuck up on the walls the giant post-it notes what we thought we were in april is extremely different than what we are now um so that's you know i wonder it, it have you pivoted or had to make any changes as to what you thought you were going to do or, or if you've been kind of sailing straight no totally yeah i've had to definitely pivot i um it's it's like that isn't it like you have a plan and you think you're going to be one thing and then god or the universe whatever you call it throws you something else you know um no like reese just recently i've always said i don't want to do weddings weddings don't appeal to me i didn't personally have a wedding i was like that's how much i don't like weddings <laughs> <laughs> like i'm just not into it i think personally i feel like it's a waste um and that's just personal. That's my opinion. I, I have, I have no qualms about anybody else doing it, but I've had several inquiries for weddings and it's just it kept happening. Even though wedding photographer is not on any of my Google website, Facebook, Instagram, they just kept. So I was like, okay, I need to try this, you know? And that was a pivot that I did that I didn't anticipate. And it's actually turned out great. So how do you market Green Ivy Photography? Yeah, that's something that I'm actually, um, one of my goals right now is to get better at that. Currently, I'm just using social media. Um, I use Google. I have a Google profile. I do um, Instagram and Facebook. Um, I've paid for a few ads on Facebook, but I haven't seen a large return um, personally from that yet. So, I'm doing that. And then I've been doing a lot of free work. I know that sounds crazy. I've, I've just recently really slowed down on that, but like, okay, recently I did a first responder giveaway and it was three different packages and people just wrote in a name or they could bond or, you know, volunteer themselves. And I chose three families and did free photos and like, that's been the best marketing I've had because, you know, they tell six other people and then I get a client and then they tell 10 other people and, you know, yeah, but that's, that's pretty much it for marketing. I haven't gotten anything, gotten into anything other than social media yet. Since photography requires you to be there in person, how, like, how far do you normally travel? What, what, what's your radius from where you are? So I don't really have a limit. It's just on a case to case basis. Um, I do, I like to stay within 60 miles. That's when I start charging per mile um, is anything over 60 miles from my home. But I definitely like to stay in Rome if I can, but like next week I'm going to LJ. Um, I've gone down to South Georgia and done a brewery, you know, I've, I just, I just do 50 cents per mile if I have to travel more than 60, but I would definitely prefer to stay in the area. Well, I was just curious about that because um, Rome isn't exactly a heavily populated area. So. No, no. <laughs> Not a metropolis. And, yeah. <laughs> no, and, and that's where I'm kind of struggling. You know, I, I follow um, a couple other photographers in the area that are all doing really, really well. And their work, I'm not being vain. I have a lot of things to learn. Um, and I am learning. I'm a, I'm a medium talented photographer at this point, 
but the, the local girls that I follow are their, their work is not as quality as mine, but they're just covered up with work. And I'm like, what the heck, you know, what's going on? But they grew up here, you know, and they, they already have that base network of people and I don't have that. So I've just got to work harder, you know, because like you said, Rome is not, it's not a big place. It's not. Yeah. Do you, how did you decide on your price point for your packages that you sell? That's a really good question. And I am still struggling with that. Um, Chad is really good about getting onto me for underselling myself because I want to. And I think that kind of goes back to the vulnerability thing. Um, like if I charge a lot and I mess up, I don't know. There's a lot more shame associated with it than if, well, I only charged you $75, you know, that those pictures weren't all the best, but that's okay. You know? So I started actually really cheap, just trying to get people just trying to build a network and show people what I'm capable of. And I told you guys free. So the, the price points that I'm starting to crawl to now are based on me stalking a ton of other photographers and kind of looking at the average income in our area and trying to, to give a good guess as to what people can afford, you know, I want to kind of jump back into the marketing thing real quick, if you don't mind. Uh, Cause I was just thinking no. about the <clears throat> being in, in rural Georgia, like other ways that you could potentially expand your, your reach, your, your client base, whatever. And, and like, I was just wondering if you had any kind of partnerships, like real estate agents or things like that, because like, I know that, and I'm sure everybody who's ever tried to buy a home, some people have really great pictures of their homes and some people are like, Oh, here's a blurry picture of the corner of a room. You know. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's crazy that you bring that up. I'm sorry, were you not done? Oh, no, 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 that's it. If you take it away. Yeah, no. So I told you guys I was going up to LJ um, next week and I just got done buying some equipment because um, there's a lady who has rental cabins um, in the Smokies and I'm going to photograph her rental cabins and I've been watching YouTube videos following all these pages, you know, trying to take pictures of my house. So yeah, I'm trying to um, just, I, I guess, expand my portfolio as far as photography goes. But, you know, that's not something that's common in the photography world. Most people find something and they specialize. And I don't really want to do that. Like, I, I want to be able to do like you say, like, you know, in the winter months or when it's really hot outside and outdoor family photos are slow, I want to be able to jump into real estate photography and keep my business going, you know? I, so I would definitely like to, to get into, to that. That's probably one of the um, advantages of being in a really small area is that you can position yourself as being an expert in multiple areas right? So you could be the great wedding photographer and be the great um, real estate photographer. But um, I want to go back to something that we talked, you were talking about before, um, Corey, I followed up with the marketing question with the pricing and how that plays into confidence. 
That's so normal, Brock, for people to want to charge less because they think, I'm not sure anybody would pay money for this, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, and we've experienced it, you know, we, we did. And we still, you know, if Corey could give our services away for free to everybody, he would. Because he, <laughs> yeah. he wasn't so comfortable asking anyone for money. So that's why this girl's in charge of sales and marketing, because he doesn't like to do it, right? He says, yes. He feels dirty when he has to ask somebody for money. So I'm like, well, we have to pay ourselves, Corey. <laughs> but um, one one remedy that you might consider is, and first off, let me just say this. Don't let me find out that you're charging $75 for, for photographs, Brooke, right? Don't let me find that out. <laughs> like, that's insane. Like, no, I've seen your work. Thanks, Julie. <laughs> but you, if you have this concern that you're going to deliver, you know, a a crappy package or there's going to, it's not going to be top of the line quality. It's a lot easier to bill up here, bill a price. That's like, I don't know, like $500 for this work you're going to do. And then if you feel like the quality is $300 quality, then charge them only $300, like reduce it to say, Hey, you know, I feel like there's some, I could have done better on some of these pictures. So I'm not going to charge you the full 500. And one that built that builds trust and it really shows your integrity, but it also doesn't eliminate the ability for you to get paid what you should be getting paid for the work that you're doing. Right. No, that's, that's genius. And, and really there's another aspect to it where people look at my prices and I know we shouldn't do that, but they do judge my work based on my prices. You know, why is she so cheap? Oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's a that's, real thing, Brooke. That's a real thing. Yeah. People are like, why isn't she charging that much? Now, the, the free giveaways, that's a whole different story, right? Which is also, um, what's a brilliant strategy, but I suspect it was less strategy and more you just wanting to do things for people who are really having a tough time right now. Uh, yes. But that yes. definitely builds... That, that builds your brand. And, and it was, that was a really smart move, regardless of why you did it. It was a really smart move. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. We have to start wrapping up. So why don't you tell our listeners how they can find you? Yeah. Um, you guys can follow me on Instagram at green Ivy photo. Um, just green spelled as it is I V Y photo. And I'm on Facebook, Green Ivy Photography. And then my website, which currently working on, I'm in a weird relationship with GoDaddy right now. Um, it's Green, all, Green uh, Ivy for <laughs> y'all. We should have talked about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. But my website coming up, don't judge me right now, give me like a week, is uh, greenivyphotography.com. Okay. Great. Thanks, Brooke, and hopefully maybe in a month or so, once uh, you get everything rolling, we can have you back on and we can talk about all the fun stuff of being a legitimate business. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. And I can drag Chad on and you guys can have both of us and we'll talk about, I do a lot with 3 of 7, so we could, we could have an episode more focused on 3 of 7 too. We would welcome that. We would love that. So uh, you can connect with us on social media as well. We are on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And I highly recommend that you follow Brooke's personal page on Instagram because she is a hoot. You can also <laughs> catch us. Oh, you can catch us on 
Um, our website's sbpace.com and bizquickpodcast.com. And after you're done listening to this episode, if you haven't already, subscribe to the pod, like us, and give us a review, good or bad. We love hearing feedback from you. We prefer good, and honestly, we really, really want you to review. I, I can't emphasize enough how important reviews are for podcasts, so please review. And you can reach out to us about other topics that you'd like to hear about. We live to serve. And we have a book. Seriously, now what? A small business guide to disaster preparedness, and it has a companion workbook. You can pick it up on Amazon or link to it through our website. So that's it for the show. I'm Corey. And I'm Julie. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.